PM board box. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. Welcome back to EM Board Bombs. I'm joined here today by Dr. Blake Briggs. It's nice to have you back, Blake. It's good to be back. Good to be alive. Good to be alive. Yeah, I heard I heard it was a harrowing journey. Yes. In a camper van <laughs> with AC and heat available. I'm not telling people I'm not telling other people that it was a camper and van. Solar panels <laughs> on the van. <laughs> To make sure you had sufficient battery storage and energy. Yes. Right? Really harrowing out there, right? (laughs) Um, I did tell them that you were inspired by other vloggers that Mm -hmm. you saw and that you were going to create your own vlog on camping. We've gotten some comments on Twitter, people asking if that's true or not. Uh, It may be in the the works, yes. Okay. All right. So we weren't really joking. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. No, no. Instead of uh, rapid bombs or board bombs, it's uh, boards and balsam. <laughs> That's way better than the title that I came up with last week. <laughs> I know. I listened to that episode, and uh, we have a lot to talk about at the end. We do. Hey, but you know, for every 10 to 15-minute episode, we like to drop some high-yield board knowledge. Uh, if you like learning even more, we have emrapidbombs.supercast.com. You can check us out there. We drop a couple podcast episodes a week over 350 episodes now which is pretty intense let's get into this question hey blake you dr blake briggs are doing an externship in a regional hospital in how do you pronounce this cusco cusco peru hey shout out to all our peruvian subscribers as well we do have them Mm -hmm. out there we've got some peruvian folks even on our premium pod it's amazing. We're global now. International board bombs. International board bombs. There you go. So you're out there doing this externship. I mean, you could just say you're you're out in a clinic there. You didn't have to say externship when you wrote this, Briggs. Oh, yeah. Why, why do you have to be all fancy? Yep. Anyways, uh, a 38-year-old backpacker from the U.S. arrives complaining of a headache. He just arrived to Cusco a few days ago. The patient's been having progressive headache over the last few days. He states he's never had these symptoms before and is otherwise healthy. He blames his keto diet for the headache, stating he is so deep in ketosis that his urine smells like popcorn. You shake your head at this graphic description, knowing you won't be able to look at popcorn the same again. (laughs) And it also reminds you of another fellow friend that you went camping with who was on a keto diet and struggled. We'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. Anyways, this patient's Vital signs are reassuring, and there are no acute nor deficits on exam. You do not consider doing a CT because there isn't one around. (laughs) Which of the following is the next best step for this patient who just arrived in a mountainous area and is now having a progressive headache without any acute neurological deficits? Is it A, nifidipine, B, NSAIDs, C, acetazolamide, or B, nitroglycerin. Hey, before we get into this answer choice, Dr. Briggs, Hmm. talk about EM rapid bombs. 
Oh yeah, AM Rapid Bombs. Thank you for asking. AM Rapid Bombs is the TikTok version of our podcast or YouTube short version of our podcast. Yeah. I feel like we, we should stop. Uh, I feel like we should stop promoting TikTok. Oh, yeah, we can't do it anymore. Yeah, we can't do that anymore. It's not fun. So uh, <laughs> to all the nurses I work with, please stop using TikTok. So anyway, <laughs> Rapid Bombs is going to provide two to four minutes of rapid learning. We call it drip learning, meaning that you'll get a new podcast into your podcast feed. So about two to four episodes a week. We have over 340 episodes in our Rapid Bomb podcast feed right now. It grows every day, obviously. And so we would love to have you aboard. You gain rapid board learning with great coaching aspect. We tell you what's going to be asked on the test. We tell you what you need to know for your job as well. There's really nothing like it else out there. The only question bank podcast in medicine period yeah it's pretty cool because we've seen it used to be like residents signing up and young attendings and now we just see seasoned attending signing up just to listen along which is pretty awesome absolutely and folks from all over the world it's really including crew thanks for the support there you go the oldest most continuously inhabited city at the highest altitude in the world wow pretty interesting how about that anyway hey let's talk about mountain sickness so is this something that you're going to see regularly no. Well, hold on. So, oh. so, Dr. Briggs, then, what's the correct answer here? Oh, yeah. For- <laughs> correct answer here is going to be choice B, NSAIDs. Didn't think those were going to be the mm. answer, right? Mm, not in the Philippines? What? Not acetazolamide? We're talking about acute mountain sickness here. Is this something that you're going to see regularly as an emergency doctor? Absolutely not. You will probably mm. never see it in your entire career unless you mm. work in what? Ski resort? You moonlight at a ski resort? Yeah. When I work with a doctor... Uh, at my current shop who uh, moonlights at ski resorts they go out there get free vacations it's like the sweet deal they got it's fantastic it's amazing it's classic emergency hey don't medicine. blow up their spot Let yeah, them no, keep sorry. It on i the didn't DL, say what okay. ski resort it was I, I didn't say it was america anyway <laughs> so at altitudes greater than 2500 meters which is greater than 8000 feet the decrease in the partial pressure of ambient air and therefore the alveoli will result in a decrease in the oxygen saturation in healthy people so there are three unique pathologies that are caused by this problem, the low oxygen level in the blood. And that's going to be acute mountain sickness, which is the least severe condition, high altitude cerebral edema, and then high altitude pulmonary edema. So we're going to talk about each one here, what you need to know for the test. You are unlikely to ever see any one of these in real life, unless you work in a high altitude region, which isn't that common, or you somehow moonlight at some type of ski resort or mountain resort, which is pretty cool if you do that. That's awesome. But yeah, you're just not going to see this. So this podcast is relevant really for board tests, which is what we're known for. And just some good knowledge in the back of your cap here. If you're on a vacation somewhere or you're on a hike or doing something at a high altitude, it's good to know this stuff and recognize the symptoms. So I'm going to dive into the first one, acute mountain sickness, because I personally have this one actually. So it's a mix of various symptoms. It's almost always a headache with anorexia loss of appetite, that sort of thing. And then some nonspecific symptoms, which are just not that important. They could be anything, nausea, dizziness, sleep disturbances. And it's basically caused by any hypoxia at what we said earlier, altitude greater than 2,500 meters above sea level. So greater than 8,000 feet typically. The onset is usually not immediate. It usually takes several hours to develop at that altitude once you arrive there. It's very common. It affects 10 to 25% of unacclimated persons going up to 85% of people, the higher you get up, greater Man, than 4,500 meters. It's huge. 
which is interesting. So basically everybody gets this above 4,500 yep. meters um, universally. Mm-hmm. So it's very common. It's amazing that I didn't, it's amazing that I don't, I don't get that. Oh yeah. It's amazing yeah. that uh, where you live in North Carolina is such a high altitude place. Right. I just, you know. The funny, <laughs> the funniest thing was when Iltapot and I, this is recorded. So there's evidence of this on the camping podcast. Check it out. Anticholinergic poisoning podcast we did last year mm-hmm. in the Linville Gorge wilderness in North Carolina. Shout out to a beautiful place. By the way, I had a patient present with those symptoms the other day and I thought about that podcast. But anyways, anyway, continue. Oh, anticholinergic or altitude sickness? Yeah, no, anticholinergic. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Continue. Yeah, anyway. Um, and Iltafat, in the middle of the podcast, asked, says, we are so high up right now. What altitude are we at? And I said, um, like 3,000 feet. <laughs> so high up. It's, it's very high up for me. You have to remember where I come from. <laughs> I was born near the equator. You do understand that, okay? Anyway, so what's the biggest risk factor for acute mountain sickness? Well, sleeping at that altitude, obviously, the more time you spend, any existing cardiac or pulmonary disease history, including sleep apnea, and perhaps the most preventable, the most commonly tested, everyone knows this, Mm -hmm. fast ascent, if you get up there really quickly, meaning you ascend greater than 600 meters a day, meaning, most commonly, let's put this in modern terms, you fly from Miami (laughs) and land in Cusco, Peru. Wow. So mm. imagine that type of change suddenly in your oxygen levels, especially if you're older. Uh, so it's just going to happen. Right. So this is the benign one, though, thankfully. It resolves in about one to two days as the person acclimatizes at that same altitude, but it could worsen. And we'll talk about why and how it could worsen in a minute. But the treatment is going to be pretty much the same as every other thing we're going to mention today. And it's going to be a broken record. It'll be kind of funny. It's going to be stop mm. ascending. <laughs> right. And you're going to descend immediately if any neuro symptoms develop. We'll talk about why that is in a second. What are the meds? Well, this was what this patient had in the question stem. He had a headache, but no neuro symptoms. And he was generally a benign presentation. Supportive care. Hydrate them. Water's great. We don't drink enough of it. Water, NSAIDs, antiemetics, if you want. And you, can, you can consider acetazolamide, whatever. Right. All right, talk about the next one. This is a scarier one. Yeah, because I think a lot of folks were thinking acetazolamide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, high-altitude cerebral edema. Ace. 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 We should get the... Uh, hey, Chris Nolan's going to cue our music. Oh, this oh, you're fantastic. Uh, have you talked to him? He hasn't responded to my emails recently, by the way. Well, that's a trend for you, but... <laughs> But he's been responding to you? you know, I'll be honest, he's a little busy with the new Oppenheimer movie that's coming out, ah, which I'm excited right. about, by the way. But As long um, as he lets me be a plus one, so <laughs> I'm good with that. You know, he, he said he would get back to us soon. All right, fantastic. Yeah. It's taking longer than usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so progression from acute mountain sickness, right? So high altitude cerebral edema. Haste. Mm-hmm. What happened to your cerebral hypoxia causing increased cerebral blood flow? And this leads to potentially life-threatening cerebral vasogenic adena. And you're having microhemorrhages happening here. Not good. Not that good. sounds bad. Microhemorrhages. Right, any terrible. hemorrhage, macro or micro, is not good. Is not, yeah, anything with that word in it, <laughs> phrase in it. Typically a few days after arriving at that altitude. So you're going to get headache, nausea, and vomiting. You know, that's pretty nonspecific. And that's pretty obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then... This is the scary part. You're going to have altered mental status and neurological symptoms. Most common 
being ataxia. This will progress to coma, get this herniation, and then death. Mm. That I feel like that escalated very rapidly. Yeah. Gee, that escalated escalated quickly. very rapidly. <laughs> uh, so, hey, what's the treatment going to be here? Hmm, I wonder what it could be. Maybe descent. Descent. Yeah. No. Give now. Give these folks supplemental oxygen if you have that. This is where steroids come in. That was one of our answer choices here. Dexamethasone, eight milligrams once, then Q. You know, then four milligrams Q six hours until your symptoms resolve. You can consider a cetazolamide here too. But again, remember supplemental oxygen, immediate descent, starting steroid therapy here. One thing that's really important here is for anyone starting a job at Everest ER. You know. Great book, by the way. Yes. It's to consider other alternative diagnoses like subarachnoid hemorrhage or intracranial hemorrhage. Don't just leave your blinders on assuming that this patient has developed haste, high altitude cerebral edema as the culprit of their symptoms. Mm-hmm. Hey, next up, can you get into high altitude pulmonary edema? Also called HAPE or HAPE if you're um, Canadian. HAPE? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those Canadians. Hey, it's odd because you would think the cerebral one is the scariest. Yeah. But this last one here is the worst. It's 50% mm. fatal if untreated. Mm. These things escalate kind of quickly. Right. They ascend quickly, if you know what I mean. Right. Rapidly. <laughs> oh, yes. This is a thing you're supposed to remember if you're a med student. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so if your attending asks you, like, what causes high altitude pulmonary edema? And your response would be, well, actually, uh, from... What I've learned, it's uh, non-cardiogenic hydrostatic pulmonary edema caused by oh, hypoxic-induced vasoconstriction, leading to high vascular pressures. Anyway, it's a lot of bad Forget stuff, a lot it. of nerd words. Again, Blue-collar blue collar podcast, remember. Uh, fluid goes in the lungs, and that's bad. There you go. Again, it presents Done. a few days after arriving at that altitude. Typical presentation is going to be a cough, and it slowly develops from decreased activity tolerance and dyspnea on exertion to you know pretty much acute respiratory stress. Tachycardia tachypnea, dyspnea at rest, protective cough, cyanosis, generalized rails. Only later do patients actually get hypoxic. And this condition mm. can occur with acute mountain sickness or haste, what we just talked about. So hey, what do you think treatment. the treatment is? Treatment, treatment. Hmm. Descent. Descend. Immediate. Immediate. Descent. This is where those cool hyperbaric tent pictures you may have seen, where if you can't descend, they zip someone up in this like iron lung looking inflatable mm. tent. And you want to give these patients supplement O2. You keep patients warm. Cool temps are always a bad thing, including trauma patients, septic patients, et cetera, right. even here. They worsen pulmonary arterial pressures. What are your meds? Again, you're not going to have this stuff on hand unless you're on an episode of Top Gear. They had a, they had an episode of this. They were in. <laughs> Jeremy uh, and show. the others on the show all took Viagra when they were driving their cars through a pass in like argentina or, or chile or something it was absolutely hilarious anyway the meds are gonna be nifedipine or phosphodiesterase 5 inhibitor which is sildenafil the afil medications tadalafil mm-hmm. all those here's the thing though no steroids or diuretics they are not helpful right. so the treatment is very different from haste okay so lots of testable points here iltfat let's run through all the coaching uh we wrote it out for you all let's just to remember here so if you're listening now congrats but if you fast forward to the spot you're in good shape <laughs> Acute mountain sickness, anorexia, headache, malaise. It's pretty benign. Give NSAIDs, hydrate, tell the person to stop ascending. Consider giving acetazolamide. Haze, remember the micro hemorrhages that are happening here with this? Not good. 
It's a headache that progresses to ataxia. That's the key word there, ataxia and altered mental status. Give steroids and supplemental O2. And again, descend. You know, I'm going to start using that line, microhemorrhages, when I have a negative CTA, but I want to admit someone and they're altered. There you go. I'm going to say, well, it could be microhemorrhages. We just can't see them. Yeah, we just can't see them. Uh, consider getting a specific MRI. For yeah, them. MRI that can only be ordered after they're admitted. After they're admitted, please. Thank you. Hape, cough that progresses to dyspnea and respiratory distress, can have up to 50% mortality, not good. Mm. Oxygen, nifidipine, Viagra. Those are all treatments. Yeah, so the answer to all these treatments is descent. And so the test is not going to ask Pretty that. Much. They know that you know that. And so it's going to ask you other things like the meds and the presentation differences. And that's what our point here and the coaching that Iltifat just gave you. And this is the type of coaching we do on rapid bombs. Straightforward to the point. Yeah, and we had an episode on rapid bombs that went into acute mountain sickness, episode 35. Here's one of the pearls. Yeah, one of the pearls on that. Which of the medications we listed can help prevent high altitude pulmonary edema hmm. to prevent hmm. nifidipine? We had a bunch of other cool pearls uh, in that acute mountain sickness episode that we did. It's a nice three-minute-long episode with some great pearls. For sure. But check that one out. And as always, thanks for listening. If you want to check out our EM Rapid Bomb episodes, it's emrapidbombs.supercast.com. As always, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter. Drop us an Apple review. Thank you, Briggs. If you want to see pictures from our hiking trip, just email us and sign up. And sign up.